Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Payson here with Alex King. Today is Thursday, October the 10th, 1010, 2019. It's 4 p.m. in New York, 1 p.m. Los Angeles, 9 p.m. in London, 5 a.m. in Tokyo, and 6 a.m. in Sydney, Australia. Thank you for joining us wherever you are in the world for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And I'm happy that I'm back with Alex, and she's got her hair in, and she's got her unicorn uh, headphones on, and she's got her dog with her. She is set for anything. I'm good to go. Good to go. I love it. <laughs> and she even has the topic figured out. That's one of the other things I love about you. You always have a topic. I I, I can have any kind of a day at all. It doesn't matter what kind. You've got a topic ready. And I appreciate yep. that. I well, really thank do. you. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the most important things, being appreciative, right? You know, yep, so true. It's an opportunity to say, I appreciate you. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, thank you. I appreciate yeah. you appreciating me. Well, good, good. <laughs> so speaking of appreciation and uh, self-esteem, the two actually do go together. Mm-hmm. Because, well, for a number of reasons, but I think probably the one that comes to my mind first and foremost is that you can't really have self-esteem until you do a lot of appreciating of yourself. Mm, yes. Not to mention appreciation of others and things in your life and so forth, but appreciating yourself is critically important. Um, it's something that I learned, well, I, I think I've known it for many years, but I kind of got, I got it kind of shoved in my face a bit when I was doing <laughs> your exercises. Yeah, mirror exercises, yeah. you're doing it right to your own face, you know, you mm-hmm, can't really mm-hmm. escape it that way. And in the course of that, boy, oh boy, it, it just, it didn't take long before I started to feel different. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I originally did those mirror exercises because I wanted to shut up the negative self-talk going on right. in my head, which they right. did. It took about 30 days, but it did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, for the first 5, 10, 15 days, it didn't feel like anything was changing. But after about that 15-day period, I began to realize I was feeling better about myself. The self-talk right. hadn't gone away yet, but yeah. I was starting to feel better about myself. And over the next few months, as I kept doing it and doing it, wow. I mean, it was easier for me to relax. It was easier for me to let stuff go that came my way that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Everything became easier. Yeah. And I, I think that all happens because the self-esteem goes up. And my self-esteem yep. did go up. I mean, that's the funny thing. You, I mean, you're building your self-esteem, but you don't really have a barometer, a little meter saying, well, your self-esteem went up 25%. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Facts. That's true. <laughs> right? You know, so sometimes it's kind of hard to notice it if you aren't really paying attention to what's going on. Yeah, usually you have to hear it from somebody else. That's true. Yeah. It's like and when you don't realize you lost or gained weight until you take a picture and then you see it for yourself and you're like, or, yeah. oh, yay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we were watching a movie last night. What were we watching? Oh, no, it wasn't a movie. It was an old episode of The West Wing and John Goodman was on mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Louise had mentioned that. He had lost a whole bunch of weight, so I went and yeah. looked it up, and wow, he really did lose the weight. He did, know? yeah, yeah. Well, I'll bet you while he was losing it, he didn't feel it. No, nope. I'll, I'll bet you he didn't. He had to look at the contrast of before and after in order to really know. Yes, it. you definitely do. You definitely yeah. do. Yeah, because these are all things that happen over time. We build them over time. Yeah, when I gained three hundred pounds, I didn't notice it until three hundred pounds. Really, I was. I was at three hundred pounds. Yes. Wow. wow. Yeah. It's crazy. And now, how long did, did you have to go through taking it off to, to get it down to where you are now? Well, I went, I did the uh, gastric sleeve surgery. Oh, okay. So, but it, to get down to where I am now, it took about a year. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And during yeah. that time, 
could you tell? I mean, were you looking? Because weight people people with weight issues are well known for constantly checking the scale. I was constantly checking the scale, and then I realized. And also, my brother's a um, a physical trainer, so he he lets me know the ins and outs and everything. And he's like, weighing yourself every day is not going to help you because you know there's different factors to your situation. So you look for your jeans changing sizes. Look for you know your clothes shrinking basically, mm-hmm. but don't worry about what the scale says because that has different factors. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I didn't notice. Everyone was like, oh my God, you're losing weight. You look so great. How much weight did you lose? And I'm like, I don't feel like I lost anything. <laughs> like, I'm, looking in, <laughs> I'm looking in the mirror seeing the same person. So yeah, it's like reverse body dysmorphia. Well, it's not even a reverse body dysmorphia. It's just body dysmorphia anyway. Mm-hmm. Like you just, you just don't see it. What other people see. I see it now. Which is great. But it also goes along with the self-esteem thing. The whole time, whether I weighed 300 pounds or 200 pounds, I had high self-esteem the entire time, so I didn't see that there was a problem. Interesting. It was only because my doctor was like, health-wise, we should really look at this. Ah. Yeah. Do you think that what you felt was a pretty high level of self-esteem helped you to lose that weight? Um... No, I don't feel like it helped or helped or hindered either way. Okay. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think about that, but no, I don't think so. So that raises the, and kind of begs the question: Where does self-esteem help? Why bother to build it? Well, the most important thing about self-esteem is knowing that it starts with yourself. You can't depend on anyone else to raise or lower your self-esteem. So, um. It, I think it helps. It, it helps you in the outside world. It helps you when a situation arises and and someone tries to dim your light, and then you're like, "Wait a minute, no, that's not true. That's not me. That's I'm great. That's their problem. That's that's where I think self esteem helps." Okay, okay, it certainly does help there because you don't want to be building your life and evaluating your life based on what somebody else is saying about it. Exactly, exactly. No, so yeah, that's definitely a good use for it. Yeah, you got to remember who you are. It's true. It's true. Of course, self-esteem plays a role in a lot of areas of life. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, for instance, self-esteem plays a major role in if you're trying to get work. You have mm-hmm. to feel good yep. about yourself in order to get the kind of job you really want. If you don't feel good about yourself, the employer isn't going to feel good about you either. Yeah, because it's like it, it radiates off of you in your body language and your facial expressions. So it's like if you're putting off this negative self-image, that's what people are getting. So they're like, ugh, I don't want to work with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Um, makes a difference when it comes to personal relationships with that significant other. Mm-hmm. Or lack thereof. Yep. Because if, if you don't have that self-esteem, well, first of all, you're going to have a hard time attracting the person in the first place. Right, because that is, like, a major thing. Like, people who who carry themselves well. Are, are, very, are a lot more attractive than people who are Debbie Downers. Yeah. Uh, the way I thought about it when I was younger and trying to figure it all out uh, <laughs> was that self-esteem is really what creates an appearance of self-confidence. Yes. Yes, definitely. And people like self-confident people a whole lot. Mm-hmm. They like people who have no confidence in themselves at all. Well, you don't want to go into a relationship knowing that, okay, this person's really needy and he's going to need me to reassure him or her every five seconds. So nobody wants that. Right. Yeah. So there's, there's yeah. a reason why they call that high maintenance. <laughs> yes. It <laughs> yes, it is. And it can work oh. either way, either gender, doesn't make any difference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
I would even go so far as to say self-esteem makes a difference where our health is concerned. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, can you think of a particular example? Um, hmm. I can think of a few, but I just wanted to see what you had in mind. Tell me yours and let me let, let my marinate. Well, any time that I've wanted to use conscious creation, using mm-hmm. you know my, my focus and my ability to create using the power of my thoughts, the power of my mind on healing my body in some way. Mm-hmm. Every single time that I did that, I had to believe it was true. Mm-hmm. The only way mm-hmm. I could believe it was true is if I could believe that I actually had that power. That requires self-esteem. Okay, okay. If you don't have that self-esteem, you're not going to believe it. It's going to be a, a real uphill struggle trying yeah. to make anything happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the same thing is true with really anything else we're trying to attract. Mm-hmm. It, sure, it's health. And yes, it's relationships. And yes, it's money. Yes, it's jobs and career. Yes, it's friends. I mean, I, I hesitate to say, but I don't think there's any area in life that you can attract what you want if you don't have sufficient self-esteem. Facts. Facts. Right? You need it always and always. <laughs> so it's it's pretty important. It's pretty important stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, so let's talk a little bit about how to build it. I, okay. I build it with mirror exercises, but I mean, what are your favorite ways of, of looking at how you did that because you already mentioned you had built up a pretty high level of self-esteem how'd you do it i think it was years and years of just i mean i'm pretty lucky so years and years of just people telling me how great i am all the time kind of sinks in and then you're like you know what i am pretty great Mm. so you know I, i had it that way but not a lot of people are like me and get that that motivation day to day and um, and that's where self-esteem becomes very important because you have to you have to do it yourself. Mm. So and but there there have been days where it's like, you know, you're not you're not really feeling yourself that day. And that's where I think the mirror exercises come in handy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mirror exercises, meditations of any kind. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, almost any of the processes that people tout for um, being a conscious creator are great for building self-esteem mm-hmm. because every single one of them that I can think of. Uh, is directly involved in improving your own ability, one's own ability to focus on what one wants. Well, yes. how can that not be tied to self-esteem? I'm the one doing the focusing. Of course, it's going to be tied to my self-esteem. How exactly. <laughs> exactly. It just yeah. one goes with the other. Mm-hmm. So the self-esteem piece is a pretty big piece to that puzzle. Yeah. And also how you carry yourself is, is how you show yourself to others. So it's like if you're feeling good that day, you're, you might throw someone you know a compliment, and that, that's going to make their day better, and that's going to raise their self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it just just keep paying it forward, and it keeps going and going and going throughout the world. So you brought up an interesting point. You can help build somebody else's self-esteem. You can, but also at the same time, don't rely on someone else to build your self-esteem. Mm, good point. Yeah. Because what happens when you do that? Then you become needy. Mm. <laughs> and desperate and thirsty and it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, stay away. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, I'm in a relationship with someone who needs reassurance every five seconds. Oh, I can't. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a it's a challenge for somebody who doesn't have that self esteem. So let's go back again to building it up. I mm-hmm. mean, you kind of said you built it up over time. Was there anything particular that you did to build it? No. I'm just blessed. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. 
I'm not helping today. I'm just. <laughs> well, look, Alex, I don't think you understand the just how this whole you know helping the world works. You're supposed to come up with the issue, and you're supposed to have solutions. One goes with the other. <laughs> well, like I said, I I went during during my days where I was feeling a little dark and 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 not myself. I was I would. I'm not going to say I tried to use mirror exercises because, like I said, my mirror exercises are totally different from how. But like anybody can use it, mirror exercises any any way they want, as long as they work. Mm-hmm. So, um, how do you do yours? Tell us about yours. I'm curious. And, and I, I, you, you suggested that it's different. Mine. I want to know what the difference is. This is this is interesting. <laughs> Mine is kind of how I interact with the world. So it's like I throw myself a compliment when I'm walking by the mirror every once in a while. So it's like, oh, okay, uh, you're you're having a good butt day today. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Those jeans are looking smaller than they did last year. Good for you. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, so stuff like that. Yeah, I got I crack myself up. <laughs> well, Laughter is also a good way to build self-esteem. Yes. Because yes. if you can laugh about the things that bother you, then no one else can can bring you down. Because you've already made you already made the joke. Well, plus if you're laughing at the things that bring you down, you are reducing their power. Yes, exactly. Just the exactly. act of laughing at them mm-hmm. is just going to make them less powerful, which means mm-hmm. you are removing them. You're, you're yep. getting those resistances out of the way. Yep, exactly. Exactly. i got to ask you, is there a connection between self-esteem and wearing unicorn headphones? Nope. I just love the spark. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, you know what? You're probably right because, like I said, uh, I'm basically... I'm a rare breed. I'm very special. Therefore, I'm a unicorn. Therefore, I deserve unicorn headphones that glow. Because I suspect a lot of people, I well, I won't say a lot of people. I'll say myself. I would not put on unicorn headphones. I wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah, you got to be bold and brave in order to do this live. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I give you credit for that. You'll never, you'll never see me with unicorn head, headphones on, but. Oh, uh, all right. Well, I'm crossing that off your Christmas list. <laughs> I was going to say we could be twinsies on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but okay. Oh well. <laughs> No, I don't want to take away your shtick. I mean, you've got a, you've got a, a, a identity pattern going on there. Everybody who tunes in and sees you on YouTube, they know. Oh, well, for three years, it's got to be Alex. So nobody can take away my thing because, like I said, <laughs> I'm very rare. I'm the only me there is. That's so. True. That's a good uh, self-esteem builder, right there. Yes, it is. Knowing that you're the only Just you that's that. out there. Yeah. yeah. Even if you have a twin, you're the only you. It's a good thing to say in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And. That reminder is a way of reminding our subconscious minds who we really are. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's another big piece to this whole question of self-esteem and abundance and conscious creation and so forth. It's yeah. understanding the role that that subconscious mind plays in you know what we attract and what we're not attracting or what we're attracting that's the opposite of what we had in mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of that's going to be driven by self-esteem. How are you feeling about yourself? If you're not feeling good about yourself, how are you going to feel good about the thing that you're focusing on? Yes. And how are you going to feel good about others, which is where trolls come from? <laughs> Talk about that for a moment. Trolls are people that are unhappy with themselves, so they want you to feel how they feel. So that's what they do. They get their Twitter fingers going, and they start talking about you. Nice. Yeah, that's very nicely defined. That's mm. pretty much what trolling is. Yeah. I don't feel so good, so I'm going to go out and make somebody else feel miserable so they know how, how But that, the sad part is they don't know they don't feel good. They just mm-hmm. know that this makes them feel better. Well, they don't on a subconscious level, but you're right. Consciously, they're not aware of it. Right, right. Yeah. 
Yeah. That, that makes all the difference because, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, well, if they had any awareness of what was going on subconsciously and they don't, right. otherwise they wouldn't be trolls. Um, if they had any, paid any attention to what was going on subconsciously, they, first of all, they'd probably freak out. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, they wouldn't know what to do with it. They, if you don't have any kind of um, foundation. Sounding board. Sounding board, background, mm-hmm. you know, something that you can fall back on to understand what to do about the subconscious mind. I, I mean, it can be pretty a, a frightening prospect to even look at that stuff. I can remember back in the day when I really didn't understand anything about how the subconscious worked. Mm-hmm. And trying to work it out in my head. And you know, I would talk to some people who claim to be experts. And I mean, it wasn't like today where you can just Google everything. So, right. you know, you, you had to play a lot of, okay, do I trust what this person is saying? Do I trust what that person is saying? Does it add up? Do whatever research you can possibly do on your own, which usually meant going to the library and seeing if you could find a book that said something about what it was that you were trying to do, you know? So you, you were pretty much on your own trying to figure that out. And I, at the time, I didn't quite get it. None of it really made mm-hmm. a lot of sense to me. So I can imagine somebody who's a troll who doesn't feel really good about themselves mm-hmm. going out there doing their trolling and not only not being aware of what's going on deep down inside, but even if something does pop up, not knowing what to do with it. Right. You know, cause if you don't have the knowledge in the background, what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you look coaches back in the day when you had to use phone books? How did I look up what? Hold on, sorry, someone's calling me. (laughs) I said, how did you look up life coaches back in the day when you had to use phone books? Well, they weren't called life coaches. What were they called? Psychologists and psychiatrists and (laughs) therapists. Life coaching, life coaching is a relatively new thing. Life coaching, I mean, the earliest mention I can think of it is like 1980s. Mm. I can't remember anything before that. And even then, it was it was pretty weird. It was pretty woo-woo at that point to have a life coach. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, before that, and before that, it was therapists, and you couldn't trust the therapist either. Why? <laughs> because they didn't know what they were talking about either. Wow. <laughs> That's why there was such a, there was a huge emphasis at the time I was in college, which would have been late 1970s. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was a huge emphasis in psychology departments on what's known as abnormal psychology, which still exists mm. in that. You know, but mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was, it mainly was occurring because that's where all the research was happening and it was happening quickly. So it was a lot of new information. Everybody was so, they were psyched about psych. <laughs> they were actually <laughs> paying a lot of attention to this abnormal psych stuff because it was explaining things that, you know, they had never known about before. Prior to right. the rise of abnormal psych, it was Sigmund Freud and, Carl Jung mm. and, you know, mm-hmm. a few like that. And that was it. That's about all there was for the most part to what was taught in psychology. But mm-hmm. when we started doing, um, you know, the various kinds of psychology, psychological studies and so forth, which I guess they've been doing that all along, but they started to really pick up steam in like the late 60s, 70s, something like that. Okay. Um, they, they gained prominence. They gained mm-hmm. uh, a degree of respect. And as a result, mm. everybody wanted to use it. Um, but because of that, all the people who were therapists during that time were just kind of winging it. They didn't have a whole lot to work wow. with. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there, there were no life coaches. You know who, actually, you know who most people would go to? I would say most. A majority. I, I would have guessed that a majority of people would have gone to clergy at that time. Clergy? Clergy, yeah. If you, if you had trouble with something, 
psychological, subconscious, whatever, you'd go to a, a clergy member and usually get bad advice. <laughs> yep. Yep. Bad. But I, I'm willing to bet that's where the majority of people went because there really wasn't what you have today. Well, There's I remember no in, like in the 80s there was a spike in psychics. Yeah, there was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were very, very woo-woo at that point. They were yeah. really considered to be out there. Mm-hmm. And I was one of the people who called them woo-woo. Well, I didn't use that <laughs> phrase. I didn't know the phrase, but <laughs> but I thought that way. You know. Yeah. And you're right. It was kind of picking up around then. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember both my mom and my sister were paying attention to that stuff during that time period. Mm-hmm. My, my mom was a follower of, um, oh, what was her name? Jean Dixon. Jean Dixon. Doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, she was like a, she was a psychic, but she was also a psychic astrologer type. And okay, you know, okay. Um, she just she did a lot of stuff, and there were others too. I can't even tell you what the names were because I wasn't paying attention to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My mom was a huge fan of uh, Sylvia Brown. Sylvia Brown, yeah, my mom yep. really liked Sylvia Brown. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think she was more of a fan of Brown now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mom had all the books. All of them. I yeah. watched every episode of Oprah that she was on. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you were a little bit skeptical too at the time. No, I was never skeptical because, but I was I was twelve, so. <laughs> so you had other priorities. A little bit, you know. Yeah. It wasn't exactly um, your field of interest. Not at the time, no. <laughs> I'm going to guess your field of interest at that time was friends and bike rides and bike skin rides, knees yeah. and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yep, all the good stuff, mm-hmm. which kids don't get today. They don't play outside like they used to. Well, let me ask a question then. Uh huh. to self-esteem. What role? Well, first of all, what's your reasoning for saying that that's true? And second of all, what role do you think that plays in the development or lack thereof of self-esteem in kids? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I don't think they play outside. Excuse you, sir. I'm talking. He's <laughs> so rude. Uh, so <laughs> He's usually pretty quiet. He usually is. I don't know what he needs today. He... Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> He's being a ham for the camera. Um, okay. So I think uh, a lot of... What, why kids aren't playing outside these days has to do with video games and everything being in front of you and everything being on social media and interacting being on, on cameras and, and smartphones and tablets as opposed to someone taking your stuff away and saying, go outside and don't come back until you skin your knee. So <laughs> that's the big difference between back in my day, back in your day, and back in, back in today. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, and that, that's also what creates trolls is because people with low self-esteem don't have to physically show their faces to talk about other people and make them feel as bad as they feel. So they, they feel empowered by hiding behind the screen and saying what they have to say. So, okay. yeah, that's, that's, it's also diminishing other people's self-esteem as long as well as not helping the person who's doing the self-esteem diminishing. Okay. So you're taking the position that says that all this modern technology and the lack of getting out there on your bike is reducing self-esteem. Yeah, yeah. What, how do you see that uh, showing up? What What are the uh, the markers, the indicators? I mean, unless you're physically like a YouTube tutorial person and your face is out there and you're getting comments and you're saying, oh, you're so pretty and blah, blah, blah. Unless you're hearing things or like if you're a gamer and you're hearing, oh, you're so good at this level, da, 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 da. Unless you're hearing it, you're not... There's, there's no opportunities to, for you to 
th- even think about self-esteem. Like it's, it's, it's a non-issue at this point. Okay. But what I'm asking is what are the, by the markers or the indicators, I'm saying, what are the clues that tell you that this is a problem, that this is actually creating issues? Oh, well, that's the, the height of suicides due to social media interactions. Ah, mm-hmm. so you're drawing a line between self-esteem issues and suicides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an understandable one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's true. They have spiked, haven't they? Yeah, they have. Yeah. Do you think that's the main factor, the only factor, one of many? One of many. One, one of many. many. What else do you yeah. think contributes to it? Um, hmm. I don't know, because that's such a big one. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's not even just suicides. It's just people becoming recluses due to the fact of what they're hearing and seeing on social media about themselves mm-hmm. and being convinced that, that that must be the way that the world views them as opposed to having enough self-esteem to go, okay, nice comment, bye. <laughs> what do you think of the role that many school systems are trying to play to intervene, so to speak, and to engage in things like anti-bullying programs and uh, – uh, various attempts to teach here's how to use social media more responsibly or how to, you know, how to make a life and not make it all wrapped around what somebody else is saying online. I think it's a good thing. I think we're taking a step in the right direction. However, I also believe it's easier said than done mm-hmm. to have Why a 12 year old going through puberty here oh, you know, whatever someone says about you on social media isn't always the truth or isn't always, you know, it's it's hard to believe at that point in your life because you feel like they, these are these are my friends. These are my friends forever. They must be telling me the truth. If you, if I knew then what I know now, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do anything different. Wow. I wouldn't do anything different. However, I would I would probably be able to help the world a little better, I think. I don't know. Why is Maybe. that? I don't know. I just had, I just have a better insight. No, you know what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a better insight. I, I have my insight. I have my perspective. Okay. All right. So if I take what you're saying, and I think I agree with you, um, mm-hmm. but if I take it at face value, then on at least one hand, there is a lot to be concerned about, and certainly a lot of parents are concerned. Yes, as they should be. The, the social media video game thing. Mm-hmm. But I also have a background mm-hmm. in alternative schooling. Mm-hmm. Yes. And one of the things that I learned through that alternative schooling approach called the Sudbury School model is the value of things such as video gaming. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, I don't remember if you were part of the show or not, but there was one episode where Carlos, Carlos Basquite, when he was um, yep. co-hosting with us, um, brought his brother on to the show. Yep. Was yep. That, were you on that show? I couldn't uh, I was, yes. You were. So there's an example of how video gaming actually helps somebody tremendously to build oh, I'm, self-esteem. I'm not saying video gaming is a, the downfall of all self-esteem. I'm just saying this is what's going on online, and these are the reasons that the kids are online, and then this is what's happening based on that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, video gaming is, is awesome, and, and it's great for – it does help social skills as, as, as far as some of the points where you, you create a community around yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, with um, and you can make friends that way if you're not good at making friends in real life, you know. Which raises another interesting question, and this is one that has kind of haunted me just because my background was completely without computers. You had some computers 
later in your yep. your growing mm-hmm. up life. Mm-hmm. Um, I had none. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not entirely true. When I was in high school, I had a, a high school class in basic programming. That was that was my exposure. To <laughs> but uh, other than that, little dabble. Yeah, they were <laughs> dabble. That's a, yeah. literally that's all it was was a dabble. I mean, mm-hmm. on top of the fact that I was one out of you know maybe every 500 people in the school who, who dabbled in it. There was a very, very small right. circle who did anything with it. <laughs> Quite the small circle. <laughs> Quite a very small circle, yes. So, yeah. But if if I had if I had, had that experience at all growing up of interacting with people online, I, I'm kind of looking back and saying to myself, I wonder how I would have been either benefited by that or... Mm-hmm whether it would have held me back. And I don't know what the answer is there. Mm. The reason I don't know what the answer is, is because I came to realize just through my own experience, particularly in my 20s and early 30s, as I was trying to get out of all the the mess that I had created in, in terms of being such a, an introvert and not having mm-hmm. a circle of friends and all that kind of thing. I had to get out there. I had to physically yeah. get out into the world. It was the only option. And mm-hmm. it was a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot out of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was kind of like ground zero warfare in a sense, <laughs> you know, but by the same token, it was also very healing. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. both simultaneously. Yeah. It kind of yeah. tore you down and built you up. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, I can't imagine how doing something online would have filled that in. Well, look at us now. We're doing something online. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how does that fill your life? I have found a great deal of fulfillment in it. But exactly. I also know I didn't start doing it until I'd already built my self-esteem up. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, Same with I me. I can't imagine myself trying to start this podcast seven years ago mm-hmm. if I was in the place that I was in when I was in my mid-20s. No. It wouldn't have worked. I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> it wouldn't have been attempted, let alone not worked. It just would not have been tried. Mm. When you're but as, you, as introverted but, as I was, you just don't even try. You, you, you just got, you want to hide. You want to get out of the view of people when you were, when you're in the place that I was in. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't know what would have happened. Mm-hmm. All yeah, I know we, is what worked. We for only me. know what we, exactly. We only know what happened and what we did. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, he really is excited today. He is. I think my mom's eating in the other room, and he's like, he smells the food. Ah, uh, okay. So yeah. he's like, open the door. Because he usually curls up in the corner. We don't hear him at all during the. Party. Exactly. He usually sleeps through these things. I know. It's strange. Well, that's okay. I guess he woke <laughs> up. He did. Well, okay. Here's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Animals have certain levels of self-esteem. I was going to bring this up. Okay. Yes, animals have the most self-esteem, especially cats. <laughs> cats have the most self-esteem of all, I think. <laughs> I think I but I was, was going to say, um, raising, in raising your self-esteem, get yourself a pet, because they will tell you whether you're oh, worthy yes. or not. <laughs> well, they came out with um, news articles this past week saying that you can increase your lifespan about 25% if you mm-hmm. have a heart history just by getting a dog. Yeah, they bring joy. Yeah. They bring joy. And they bring, um, what's the phrase? Unconditional uh, love. Unconditional love, that's the one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank you for reading my mind, I appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that unconditional love is huge. And, and, and cats will give you that too. Almost any pet that I can think of. Actually, any pet I can think of, except perhaps, I don't know, maybe a hippopotamus. Lizard. Yeah. <laughs> Who's got a pet hippopotamus? What part of Africa do you live in and can I come? Well, there was a, there was a girl in the 1950s who sang about it. She wanted a hippopotamus. True, was, true. You know, <laughs> I'm just saying. That's a classic. That's classic. <laughs> Hashtag hippopotamus. But, uh, yeah, short of hippopotami, um, it's pretty much true that, uh, any, any pet, any animal pet will, uh, will help build your self-esteem in part because, well, let's just, let's, let's phrase that a little differently. It will help you build your self-esteem if you are willing to pay attention to the pet. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's got to go not, back. It's got to go both ways. It has to. Yeah. If you're not willing to pay attention, you're not going to get anything out of it, which pretty much mm-hmm. describes anything in life. If you're not willing yeah, to pay attention. Yeah. If you, you can't know. love a dog. No one can love you. Bottom line. <laughs> like specific people come in my house and dogs and my dogs don't like them. You're not good people. Mm. That's just how it is. Well, it may not be that they're not good people. It's just that they're not the people you want to hang around with. Which means they're not good people because I'm awesome. So. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> okay. Then I got to bring in another question here. I got another answer. <laughs> in, in your mind, what's the similarity, and more precisely, what's the difference between self-esteem and arrogance? Mmm, there's a fine line. <laughs> mm. But you should be allowed to cross it every once in a while just to make yourself feel good. <laughs> <laughs> every once in a while. Not all the time. Don't be obnoxious about it, but, you know, <laughs> let people know you're dealing with something pretty special. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So where is what what would be appropriate arrogance then? I say where it goes I say when you're at the confidence level, that's appropriate. When it when it gets to arrogance, that's when you become annoying. Like when you're talking about yourself twenty four seven if you talk about yourself in the third person, that's arrogance. <laughs> no, that's royalty. <laughs> Which We are not amused. <laughs> Just saying, hand in hand. Anywho, <laughs> no offense, Meghan Markle. I love you. Um. <laughs> Actually, I have to give kudos to both William and Harry and their spouses because mm-hmm. they are breaking down all kinds of barriers. In they that, are. You know? They are. Which is really, really admirable. Yeah. Um, they're getting yeah. some flack for it because that's what the British press does. You know? Yeah. When you're when you're in that uh, press corps, you mm-hmm. lose all sense of you know reasonableness. <laughs> <laughs> reasonableness. <laughs> it's it's like the paparazzi creed, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The creed is I will be as annoying as possible. I will get into the faces of my subjects as often as possible. You know, there's like a whole mantra there. Hashtag TMZ. <laughs> But uh, no, seriously, the uh, the fact that the the royals are doing what they are doing, mm-hmm. they are making they are making the royal family accessible, mm-hmm. not yes. just to the British public but to the world public. Yes, exactly. And I I give them credit, but I think the original credit goes to their mom. Really, Princess yeah. Diana. Yeah, yeah. true. She I think she one, started it. Yeah, she broke through all kinds of barriers and took a whole lot more flack than they've ever taken. Facts. She was just, you know, vitriolic criticism of her constantly. Um, but she smiled through it, and she just persevered and kept going, and she just broke down barrier after barrier. Mm-hmm. I mean, I give her a lot of credit. Um, 
maybe the paparazzi ultimately got her, but not before she did a whole lot of great stuff with her life. Yeah, facts. She left, she left behind a legacy that is going to endure for generations. Mm-hmm. I mean, Something I'll always remember. Yeah. She's going to be remembered. Mm-hmm. She, she's, she's going to have the same level of, uh, I don't want to say notoriety, but it's the best word that comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. Say, you know, Mary Queen of Scots. Okay, uh, I don't know who that is. Well, you don't have to. The point is, it's a famous person from royal history. And, and mm-hmm. you know, think of any of the famous people. Uh, Marie Antoinette, you know. People mm-hmm. who are very famous for, for various reasons. She's going to have that level of fame for generations. Facts. Um, but it's going to be for good reasons, which is a really yeah. nice thing. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> I saw a special. Mm-hmm. I think it was on HBO, but I can't remember for sure. But anyway, mm-hmm. the, uh, it was a special where William and Harry... Um, were interviewed on an anniversary of their mother's death. I can't remember exactly which. Yeah, I think I did see that. Yeah. See that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they they were just talking about all the different ways that she had influenced them, mm-hmm. but also the, the things that were important to her, the things mm-hmm. that she had championed, and how those part of her legacy was those championings carrying on after her passing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one that comes to my mind is uh, she was a major advocate of banning the use of landmines. Oh, and, wow. Oh, yeah. Big, big. And within like the last year or two before she mm-hmm. died, um, she, I, I don't remember how the story goes exactly, but mm-hmm. she ended up in a Eastern European country mm-hmm. where landmines were still an issue. I don't remember which country it was. Maybe Yugoslavia. I don't really remember which one. Okay. And ended up meeting two men who had had limbs blown off by landmines. Oh, wow. And promising them mm-hmm. personally that not only were they never going to be forgotten, but their mm-hmm. their, their cause, because they were trying to eliminate the use of landmines as like a you know, basic human right. Right. Um, she was going to make sure that their cause would never be dropped. Right. Would always would be carried out to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. And during this special, um, I think it was Harry just chatting with these two guys. The, the film crew went and found the two guys and mm-hmm. translators and all that. And the translators were, were basically relaying how these guys were just going on and on about how absolutely blown away they were that this princess from Great Britain was not only championing what they were doing, but was making a difference. And it's a difference that continued to the day that they were doing that special, which was some 20 years later or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I, I was thinking, wow, how, what kind of a legacy is that? Facts. You know? I don't want to diminish what you just said by, quote, pointing out the pun you just used. Oh, did I use a pun? Okay. <laughs> you said they were blown away. Oh, dear, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no pun intended. <laughs> I was like, ooh, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I did say that. Didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Rewind. Delete. Go forward. <laughs> the internet is forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Anyway. <laughs> oh, speaking of the internet is forever, even though that wasn't a good segue, but I'm doing it anyway. Um, my dad <laughs> okay. joke of the day. Uh oh. Ding 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 ding. We, we need ready? to have special. We need to have special music for the dad joke. Well, yeah, but I. I would have to press the button because, That's true. yeah, I don't That's have true. buttons to press. <laughs> okay. So what's the dad joke of the day? Okay. <clears throat> so we all know the old joke that, um, 
why was six afraid of seven? Yep. Because seven, eight, nine. Right. But why did seven, eight, eight, nine? I don't know. Why did seven, eight, nine? Because you're supposed to have three square meals a day. I was like, let me find a math one for Walt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. That's cute. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it certainly was square. <laughs> Jeffrey oh says that's God. a math joke. He didn't even give it credit as a dad joke. It's a math joke, he says. You know what? They can be both, Jeffrey. Don't discriminate. <laughs> <laughs> they can be anything they want to be when they grow up. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> so let's get back to some self-esteem. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because that is the topic that you brought up, and it's a good one. It's, Thank it's you. One, well, actually, it's influencing the uh, audio play we've been writing. Yes, it is. Definitely. Hardcore. Yeah. Yes. The big part of it. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, people already heard what happened in the first episode. The second episode, you're going to hear even more about self-esteem issues. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's going to keep going because it's, it's an ongoing, deeply embedded theme that's, like, low-key, but it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to come to a head. I think that you probably agree with me. There's a good reason for that theme to be there yeah. because it is a part of many, many, many people's lives. Uh, exactly. Even if you don't even notice it, you might listen to the podcast and go, oh, my God, that's me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you will find yourself in one of these characters. Guaranteed. We were, um, we, we've been recording the second episode, of course, and we have another uh, uh, recording session scheduled right after the show, actually. Yes. And... Uh, during the last set of recordings we did, which was two days ago, yep. Um, at one point, Chris was was doing uh, Nancy's lines. She was kind yeah. of self talk, mm-hmm. bouncing from one explanation to the next to the next, and you could just yeah. hear in there how she was just wrestling with her own lack yep. of self confidence. This, mm-hmm. you know, this poor Nancy mm-hmm. was just she she couldn't understand why what happened in episode one happened. Yeah, yeah, and that. That reflects what a lot of people go through. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's 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 a big deal. So, I mean, I, I look back on my own experience, and at the time that I was going through my experience, I thought I was pretty much the only one. Mm-hmm. I, I suspect a lot of people end up feeling that way, but boy, oh boy, this is not the case at all. We're talking yeah. about millions of people having mm-hmm. not the same experience, but, experience but similar related to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All because of lack of self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It manifests in many different ways. So let's talk a little bit about how we can build self-esteem up. I know that you had lots of positive reinforcement as you were growing up, so that's yep. where, where yours came from. But it mm-hmm. actually can be built. I mean, that's what we were talking about when we mentioned mirror exercises, for instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Meditation is also a good way to do it. Probably the big advantage to the mirror exercises is the fact that you can use that to get that negative self-talk to go yeah. away. Mm-hmm. And That's a big works. thing. The negative self-talk is, yeah. is huge. Yeah. yeah. It, it, well, it it can be almost borderline frightening. Yeah. Once you realize that it's there and then you try to turn off, it doesn't turn off. No. And you start and, to become overwhelmed. 
then you start externalizing it, and then you're like, oh, my God, if I think this way, then everybody else must think this way about me. So then it's like, oh, it's a vicious circle. It keeps going and going and going. And it's like that I'm not going to say nothing can help you at this point, but, you know, you gotta you got to find that shovel and start digging. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> ultimately what you're up against is your own subconscious mind. Yeah, yeah. But that's what the negative self-talk is. It, it's mm-hmm. a subconscious mind just replaying those old tapes that yep. you built up over the years yep. and saying, okay, this is what you built up here. I'm going to play it back for you. Exactly. At 3 a.m. when you're trying to sleep. Yes. That's right. 3 a.m. <laughs> all of the worst possible times for it to play. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It never plays when it's a good time. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> Why would it do that? It wouldn't be negative if it was. Well, well it couldn't do that because it can't. You, you can't be focused on negative thoughts when you're feeling good. Facts. That's why you always need to be feeling good. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's our first clue. How do you stop the negative self-talk? How do you build up the self-esteem? You focus on what feels good. Yes. And there are a lot of things we can do with that. Mm-hmm. We can select activities that feel good. I was just going to say that. Mm-hmm. Such as what? Uh, such as, I don't find a hobby that you enjoy or something that you think you're really good at and start to excel it and find different ways to... Uh, branch yourself out there so other people can enjoy you enjoying your hobbies and things of such. Join Facebook groups of things that you like and so mm-hmm. you can talk about things in general. Like I'm a part of a lot, a lot of my favorite TV shows have groups and then we get to talk about the episodes together and why do we like this character? Why don't we like this character? And you know, it's just good fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all true. Yeah. And in fact, anything that we do that feels good is mm-hmm. going to be a self esteem builder yeah but <laughs> some things you do that feel good aren't always good for you talk about that for a little bit uh okay let me find something pg uh well it can even be x-ray just don't get into graphic detail <laughs> that's all okay uh um no no i'm not even gonna say that no no because <laughs> Uh, okay, yes, I will say this. Um, drugs sometimes make people feel good, but that doesn't mean it's good for you. Well, here's the inter- interesting question. Mm-hmm. Do drugs really make you feel good? In the moment, yes. What I think they ultimately end up doing is they make you feel numb. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know, but <laughs> well, <laughs> from I what have, I've heard. I would know, because I, yeah. I, I was a drug user when I was quite young. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, that's exactly what they do. They numb the pain. Yeah. But, see, the thing is, the problem is still there once you sober up. So it, Well, exactly. It's a, time. it's a temporary tranquilizer. Yeah, temporary say. tranquilizer. <laughs> like that. Hashtag. <laughs> and so I guess in one sense we could say, yeah, it does make you feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But, and this is how I ended up quitting drugs, by the way. Mm-hmm. If you watch the whole pattern, it also ends up making you feel worse. So you feel well, a little bit better, and then you feel worse. Mm-hmm. Not not the same as where you were before. Worse than you felt before. Right, right. And, and it's noticing that that noticing that is how I gave up drugs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah. That, that's how I was able to convince myself to quit cold turkey. Because when I saw that pattern, I realized I don't feel better. Yeah, I yeah. did for for a moment there. Yeah. But when you take the whole thing together, I actually feel worse. Right, right. And but not everyone can see that. Mind. Well, that's you have how, to look for it. That's with every, pretty much every addiction in, in the spectrum. Right. Okay. 
Yeah. You have, you have uh, alcoholics, you have sexual addicts, you have all kinds of addicts, and they all feel good in that moment, and that's what keeps them doing what they're doing. Which raises the interesting point that an addiction is literally nothing more than a choice. Mm. And that's a hard con. That's actually a harder that's, concept. That's a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> much easier to swallow. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's true. It's it, it literally is true. And if you can come to terms with that, mm-hmm. that will help you break an addiction real fast. Mm, true, true. I think what we're really talking about here, when we talk about self-esteem, what we're really talking about is self-empowerment. Mm, yes. Say it again. For the people Giving in the yourself. Back. Giving yourself that ability to believe you have the power to accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. Not just some dream job, not just some wonderful career. You can accomplish literally anything mm-hmm. yes. just by deciding to look at what you're, whatever you're dealing with differently. Right. So truly, building self-esteem is about changing our perspective. Yes. Which isn't, aren't all our podcasts about changing perspective? Well, yeah. <laughs> That's why we call it the Daily Dose of Happy. Your Daily Dose of Happy is about changing your perspective. Facts. Facts. That's exactly what it is. Which reminds um, me, there's a comedy special on tonight I have to watch. A comedy special? Well, yes. comedy is a way to raise your vibration and get into a better self-esteem, so share it. Uh, Dion Cole, Cole Hearted on Netflix. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Be there or, no, that's an old phrase. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And it's on Netflix, so it's always there. So. It's always there, right, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Boy, there's something that disappeared. It used to be you had to, if you had a program you wanted to watch, you had to be there when it was broadcasting. That's or you missed true. it forever. Or you, well, not forever, because reruns are forever. But, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's, that's gone. That yeah. Exist anymore. Right. Right. I mean, it used to be that certain nights had at certain times was for a certain show. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Not so much. <laughs> nope. Now DVR is whenever you want it. <laughs> that, well, it, it's good because among other things, it means you don't have to wait around for a particular time slot to start building your self-esteem. I mean, you do and you don't because it's got to come on for you to enjoy it. So you do have to wait, but at the but same we- time, you can save it. For when you're, yeah, not feeling so good. We live in the information age. Mm -hmm. We are overwhelmed with information. We are Mm -hmm. practically obliterated by information. There's just Mm -hmm. so much of it. So it's not like you have to wait around for a particular thing to come into your orbit before you can start working on your self-esteem. There are options and opportunities all over the place. That's true. Speaking of which, Mm -hmm. we want people to be subscribers because that's an opportunity. That is an opportunity, and here's our opportunity to talk about it. All right. So you, let, let's reverse the order. Let's talk about how to see us first, and then we'll talk about how to listen to us, uh, listening only. All right. If you want to see us in uh, my wonderful headphones, you can go to <laughs> YouTube, <laughs> search LOA Today podcast videos, and once you see these giant headphones or anybody's mm. smiling face, you can go below, hit the red subscribe button, Next to the subscribe button, there's a little silver bell. Make sure you click all so you will always be notified when we're live. And, of course, we want you also to listen to the podcast, which, by Mm -hmm. the way, in many cases, is actually the better solution. Mm -hmm. As much as we love it when you are watching us and interacting with us on the live stream, like uh, Mm -hmm. Jeffrey and some dude and Jenny at times and Lava Lava and others are are doing. Some Um, dude. (laughs) Some dude. That's what his name is. 
What well, is some dude saying? He's saying good evening. Well, hello. Uh, oh, good evening. Hi, hello, some dude. <laughs> That's great. Glad you could join us. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I just lost my train of thought on that, so I'll have to go back to the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> we love when you interact with us on the live stream. Oh, yes, we do love that. But it's even easier to catch the Daily Dose of Happy if you can just listen to a podcast, because you can carry that with you anywhere. You don't have mm-hmm. to be sitting in front of a screen. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, it's coming in on your phone. Um, you can either just put it on the phone speakers or, you know, Bluetooth or whatever you use to, to listen and do it while you're, you know, listen to it while you're doing stuff. Yeah. You're doing stuff around the house, while you're mm-hmm. driving, while you're, you know, going to class, while you're going to uh, the job, whatever it is you're doing, you can listen to us on the way. Mm-hmm. And that makes it so much more available, I think. It's one of the reasons I, I like the podcast yeah. format. I think it's a good format for that. So, to become a subscriber, if you're not yet a subscriber, please just go to the homepage of our website, LOAToday.net. You'll find instructions right at the top of the page for becoming a subscriber. You can also find us on all of the major platforms. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're on Spotify. We're on Pandora. We're on... Oh, God, just name it. We're on it. We're Wherever on it. we're. But if you can't we're... find it, that's where you go to the website, LOAtoday.net. You'll always mm-hmm. find it right there. And once you subscribe, all the wonderful programs come right to your phone every single day that we record them. So yep. that's, a, that's a great tool right there. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. self, it's a self-serving promotion. But yes. it's also a great tool for building self-esteem. Yes. In fact, I promised yesterday I had uh, uh, Don Mangana come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm actually inviting him to become a regular. We're seeing if we if we can work out a schedule, to mm-hmm. join maybe you and me on one of our Tuesday Thursday type things. Okay. Um, so we're going to see how that works out. But I was talking with him yesterday, and uh, it was well. First of all, it was really fun. But mm-hmm. second of all, I promised him that th- if he wasn't laughing at least 25 times during the show, then I wasn't doing my job. <laughs> and that's true. We laugh. Regularly yes. throughout the show. We, we do. talked earlier about how important laughter is yep. in terms of building self-esteem. So yep. that's a nice, easy way to get the laughs. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Join in and, and it's always G-rated. It's always fun, lighthearted. Is it always G-rated? Not when I'm here. <laughs> no, no, even then, you, you you always, you know, you'll phrase it in a way that it's acceptable to a G-rated censor. You know, yeah. even if it's talking about something that the censor doesn't like too much, you'll always well, frame it that way. We haven't been shut down yet, so. <laughs> we're not going to be because we don't go on the air. No, we don't. <laughs> the FCC don't bother me. No, we just set a, we set a standard. That's all. We, we yes, set a, we set, yes. We set a bar to reach because, mm-hmm. because I think that's important. Though, so yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot to be gained just by being a listener. You get you, you get that 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 jolt, that shot, that that little adrenaline boost of self-esteem yep. just by getting mm-hmm. that laugh every time. So. And we have the queen of laughs right there. So I mean, <laughs> if Alex comes on to a show and doesn't tell at least 25 jokes, I'm going to fire her. So. <laughs> I have a quota, people. <laughs> you have a quota, that's right. <laughs> and we also like to include what the, the live stream listeners are saying. Jeffrey, of course, as usual, has posted a fairly extensive quote, so I thought I'd include it. He All says, right. If you are having good thoughts and feelings, mm-hmm. you can consciously work on some of the tougher subjects and smooth out those edges, milk the good vibes while you have them. Milk the good vibes. Like it. That's good. Another hashtag mm-hmm. there, I think. Yep. Yeah, but absolutely right. And and really, that's that's the key. I mean, he, he prefaced that by saying changing negative self-talk 
can come with many tears, and that's truly okay. Mm-hmm. Big, big hugs on that. But then he said, if you are having good thoughts, blah, blah, blah. And, and that's really it. It's about changing our thought patterns. So literally anything that we can think of to do to mm-hmm. just shift what we're thinking about mm-hmm. ends up rewriting our subconscious memory banks. Right. It ends up changing our perspective. Mm-hmm. And over time, if we keep at it, if we keep working on ourselves, if mm-hmm. we keep you know, just going after it, going after it, going after it, keep picking what it is that we prefer over what we don't prefer, keep taking our attention away whenever we notice uh, that we're focusing on what we don't like and saying, mm-hmm. you know what, I am so sick of that television program. I don't know why I keep watching that television program. Oh, I, like I just did anyway. that earlier this week. I was like, no, nah, that one's canceled. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. Every time that we do that, it's a victory. Yep. And that's really what we're doing. We're counting victories toward building self-esteem. Yep. Cancel the negative thoughts. Cancel them. You don't even have to cancel them. You just have to rewrite them. Yeah, you can rewrite them. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's actually a really effective tool also. It's mm-hmm. what uh, Neville Goddard calls the pruning shears of revision. You take that old experience that you didn't like so much and you just change it in your mind. You, you yeah. become the script writer and write a new script. <laughs> I if like you, it. If you need help with that, Alex will help you. She's a good scriptwriter. So, <laughs> <laughs> interestingly enough, somebody posted on Facebook, kind of along this line. She said, "You know, I under, she was saying I understand the and appreciate the value of rewriting your story, telling you a mm-hmm, story." Mm-hmm. And she was asking for suggestions from people. You know, what kind of story should I write? And I saw that. I said to myself, "That's really not the right way to go about doing it." Yeah, that's kind of like your job. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No one can like, write your story. No one can write your story. No. So, well, I think the advice I gave her was probably the quickest way to get there. I said, play pretend. Yeah. You played pretend when you were a kid, right? Yep. You know, anybody who was a kid at some point or, or another played pretend on about something. On you some know. level, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's telling a new story. Yep. That, and it doesn't have to make sense even. No. It doesn't have to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Nope. It doesn't have to have a complete character development. Nope. It doesn't even have to have an interesting storyline. No. All it has to be is a different story. That's it. You could you could be a new woman who walks down the street, and that's your story. And that is a story. Mm-hmm. All by itself. Yep. Stories can be mercifully short. Yep. In fact, uh, talking about Neville, that's what he used to recommend. He he would create he said create these little things that Cindy and I call vignettes, these yeah. little scenes, and make them really short scenes mm-hmm. you know, for a guy who was trying to attract. He he wanted to be an Arthur Murray franchisee. Mm-hmm. So, so the thing he focused on was shaking hands with the guy who was the regional director of Arthur Murray, congratulating mm-hmm. him on being a fran. That was it. Yeah, that was the whole story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one handshake have to be pretty long. It can be pretty darn short. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's kind of fun. That if there's a great way to start writing stories, or not writing, but you know, creating your your new stories, right? Is think of one little scene, mm-hmm. just one, just one, and make it something that you associate with what you like. I think a big mistake people make when trying to build self esteem is they say, "Well, let's do it on something safe." So they think of something that they don't really they don't really care about, mm. and there's no power behind that. But if you I'm, don't care about it, nobody else will. So. Well, it doesn't even matter what anybody else thinks. You won't care about it. If you don't care mm. about it, you won't care about it. That's mm-hmm. the big piece right there. I mean, you yeah. don't care. It's got to be important to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. So make it a story about something that's important to you. I mean, if if unicorn headphones are important to you, that's got to be in the story. Yep. 
And it was. I mean, you made it part of the story. You talked. Sure did. How many episodes sure. did you talk about getting unicorn headphones? I think it was three, and then they finally came. They came. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and it was, it wasn't a story that that you told like, well, it'd be really nice if I. That was not the kind of story. No, it was. Like, it was this I'm is having unicorn. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting unicorn headphones. That's all there is to it. Yeah. And when I asked you where you're going to get them, you said, I don't know, but I'm going to get them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep, unicorn headphones forever. That's what I say. Exactly. Hashtag. <laughs> okay, well, that was good. That was a good discussion. So thank you for bringing that up. Thank you for bringing it to our attention. Um, anything that any uh, uh, spoilers we need to know about out in the entertainment land before we close off for the day? Mm, all the CW shows are back this week, so the schedule oh. is quite full. Flash was on last night. Uh, all the uh, Arrowverse shows have begun. Uh, it's crazy out here. Oh, there was a very nice uh, Luke Perry tribute on Riverdale. That was very oh. sweet. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, then, thank you for that. Thank you, live streamers, for all your commentary. Thank you to our podcast listeners as well. We'll see you all next time here on Everybody Today. Goodbye, everybody.